we may now consider together as we shall be enabled words you will find in a chapter we read together. The Gospel according to John chapter 5. And we shall read again that verse 28. John chapter 5 at verse 28. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The teaching <clears throat> we have um, in this part of the chapter arose from the um, charges that the Pharisees brought against Christ because he cured a man on the Sabbath day and because he said Christ said God was his father making himself equal with God charges brought against Christ for this formed the groundwork for his reply and uh, the doctrine we have as we said in this part of the verse is his reply to those charges notice he does not deny the inference uh, that the Pharisees drew from his claim to be God's son. He said that God was his father and thereby made himself equal with God. And that is the way in which the Pharisees understood his words. Now he makes no attempt whatsoever to deny that charge. He does not say that God is not his father. He does not say that he did not mean to lay claim to that very equality which so offended them. But he went on to tell them what his relationship with the Father meant, what it involved and implied. And among other things, there was this, his authority and his power to raise the dead. 
the Father gave him to have life in himself. And from this follows that he is now able to call the dead to life. The time is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those that hear shall live. But there is a distinction made between that hearing and living. And the hearing and living we have in the passage we read as our text. The time is coming when those that are in their graves will hear his voice and will come forth. Those that have done good unto the resurrection of life and those that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. In the first place where he says, the time is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear do li shall live. That refers to um, spiritual death. Hmm. And the time now is that the spiritually dead hear the voice of the Son of God and those that hear do live. But this is a secret work that can only be known by its results. Who are they who hear the voice of the Son of God? Who are they who live? Well, that can only be, be known with certainty to God himself. Yet he has given us certain marks and tokens and signs of life. Where there is life, there must be activity, spiritual activity, I mean. When a soul hears the voice of the Son of God, and when that soul lives, there is of necessity activity demonstrating life. There is no such thing as life without activity. The activity may be very feeble. It may not be discernible to the eye. But where there is life, there is motion, there is activity. That is true of any kind of life. It is certainly true of spiritual life. They shall hear his voice and they shall live. But then he tells them not to marvel at this. Because he has to say something else that will 
appeared more marvelous to them. We do not take it to mean that the resurrection of the body at the last day is a greater miracle than the resurrection of the soul now. It is he who calls the dead to life spiritually that will call to the dead to life at the end of the age. And there is no comparison here set up between the two, these two risings to life, these two resurrections. In a sense, the raising of the dead soul to life requires more power than the raising up of the dead at the last day, that is the raising up of the dead body. But it will not be with such outward demonstration, that is, the raising of the soul to life now is something that is secret, something that goes on, but that does not come with observation. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. There are no trumpets sounded to raise the dead spirit to life. But there will be a trumpet sounded at the last day which all will hear. That trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. There will be no mistaking this resurrection. There will be no possibility of ignoring it. It is a summons to all to appear before the dread tribunal of the living God. The time is coming. It has not yet come. But it is coming. When those who are in their graves will hear his voice. And shall come forth. There will be no disobedience to the voice of the Son of God. In that day, it is possible now to turn a deaf ear to what God requires and demands of us. It is possible now to treat lightly what God the Lord does speak. It is possible now to go on in our own way neglecting and ignoring what God commands us. But that is only for a time, a short time, a very short time. The time is coming 
when there will be no possibility of disobedience, when none will ignore, when none will neglect the voice of the Son of God, they shall come forth. There is nothing more clearly revealed in the Word of God than the doctrine of Hainan judgment. It is a doctrine that underlies all Scripture revelation. It is a doctrine that underlies the revelation of the gospel. You remember how Paul says the doctrine of judgment and the doctrine of mercy side by side when he says to the Athenians on Mars Hill God now commands all men everywhere to repent. Why? Because he has set a day in which he will judge the world by that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he has given proof to all men in that he raised up him from the dead. God commands men everywhere to repent because he hath set a day in which he will judge the world. Now the doctrine of final judgment <clears throat> is a doctrine that is Solemn in the extreme. It is something that calls us to consider what we are and who we are. It is something that calls us to take stock of where we stand and where we expect to appear. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive the things done in the body whether they be good or whether they be bad. We must, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The time is coming when those that are in their graves will hear his voice and will come forth and shall come forth. It is a summons 
to appear at the final assize to appear before God to render our account oh how solemn that is how solemn must the actual experience be Now our minds has all sorts of um, devices to evade, to ward off the force of this God. We do this, we do that, we consider that, the next thing and so on. And perhaps the subtlety the deceitfulness of the human heart appears in nothing more than this. The many devices it has to ward off the edge, to turn aside the shaft that God aims at us in this doctrine. Now, in the depth of our own heart, endeavoring to get away from every other consideration for the moment, let us ask ourselves this question. Do I really believe this? Do I believe that I must stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Do I believe that those that are in their graves will hear his voice and shall come forth? That's not easy to believe, my friends. And it is not easy to believe because the whole tendency of our nature is away from it. We don't want to believe it. We want to believe something else. Do we really believe this? And if we do, if we can say conscientiously, Yes, I believe that. Then ask yourself a further question. That if I believe it, how can I live so unconcerned, so indifferent about the things that belong to my peace? How can my mind be taken up day after day and night after night with the things of this world. While the judgment that awaits me is crowded out of my mind or pushed into a corner. If we believe this, 
If we believed under the influence, if we believed this under its influence, we would live not for this life only, but we would live as pilgrims. We would live as those who are here but for a short time and who must appear before God. Now we are told here that the way the dead are to be called to judgment is through the voice of the Son of God. It is His voice that calls them to judgment. What a transformation is here. If you consider him as standing before Pilate, consider him as standing before the Jewish Sanhedrin, where he speaks nothing we are told again and again he gave no answer but even there he said this hereafter ye shall see the son of man coming in great glory and to him shall be called all that are in their graves he shall come in great glory and he will sit judging the human race with a judgment irreversible and from which there is no appeal. The dead shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Here there is no difference between man and man. The difference comes in later. Those that have done well or good to the resurrection of life and those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Here is life and damnation. Life and judgment. Judgment of condemnation. That's the meaning of the word damnation. Now there is uh, no picture of this comparable with the one the Savior himself drew when he said he shall put he shall place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. And he shall say unto the sheep, Come, 
Ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom which was prepared for you before the world began. This is the resurrection of life. Life in God and life with God. They are resurrected to a life of everlasting, unceasing communion with God himself. This is the day of the final emancipation. This is the consummation of their salvation. The salvation which began when they heard his voice first calling them from death to life. When he spoke to their soul when it was dead in trespasses and sins, that was the beginning of their salvation. That is salvation applied to them. And this is the consummation of it. When they hear his voice again calling them from the grave to partake of the blessedness, to enjoy to the full that which he prepared for them before the world was. But on the other hand, literally so, on the left hand, there are the goats to whom he says, Depart from me, be cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And this is the consummation of their misery. It is an eternal sentence of expulsion from his presence. Depart from me, ye cursed. Depart. This has always been your way. Departing from the living God. Now depart forevermore. Forever lasting. What a dread sentence that must be. They that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation, and there can be no disobedience, then depart they must there'll be no possibility of not carrying out to the full what they are commanded it is extremely solemn 
inviting and demanding your most serious thought where we shall be at that day. We shall hear the voice of the Son of God. We must come forth. We must appear before him. But oh, where? At the right hand or at the left? Where shall it be? And what may seem of little consequence now, what we may dismiss by a shrug of our shoulders, will be full of meaning then. And it cannot be dismissed lightly or in any other way. The judgment of God is according to truth. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not pass away. We repeat, where shall we appear? We must all appear before his judgment seat. Will it be on the left hand? Will it be on the right hand? O oh God, thou knowest. And what is the difference between doing well and doing evil? They shall come forth, those that have done good to the resurrection of life, those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Who are they? That do good. And there is none that do it. No, not one. There is none right. That is, in oneself, yet there are those who are described as doing good. No good is obedient to God. Nothing else is good. Obedience to God is the only good there is and the only good there can be. Obedience. Obedience. And where does obedience begin? Where does this good begin? This is God's commandment. This is His commandment. That we should believe on Him whom He has sent. This is where good begins. There is nothing good apart from this. It is believing in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
You see how he himself in this very context lays all the emphasis on that. On believing in him whom the Father sent. That's the beginning of doing good. Supposing you give your body to be burned. Supposing you give all your goods to feed the poor. Supposing you are faithful to move mountains. Supposing you have knowledge to understand all mysteries. It is nothing. It is no good. Literally so. Unless. You believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. You can use your means and you can use yourself to do things that are in themselves good, but they are of no good to you, none whatsoever in the meaning of our text, except you believe on the name of the only begotten. Son of God. And that is where good begins. And there is no good whatever apart from the those that have done good. All the nature is then of the power of God to work in And thereby be united to Christ in our effectual call to work to be united to the church this is the only thing that will count in that day our relationship to the church blessed are they who are one with him to whom he says he are my friend, for ye have believed that I came up from God. Those that are in their graves will hear his heart voice and shall come up. You will be there. I shall be there. We shall all meet at the judgment seat of Christ. But shall we all be on the, on the same side? This is unexpressively solid for our eternal destiny is determined at this very point where we shall appear. Oh, that we had the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, to call upon himself, to commit ourselves to him in the exercise of living faith, say, Lord, grant that in that day I shall be found united to thy son and therefore on thy right hand let us pray O Lord be merciful to us we are such ignorant 
good gift and the proof of our ignorance and poverty is that we are disinclined towards that which thou requirest of do thou thyself have pity on us and incline our will to that which is good do thou thyself give us to give more diligence to make our calling and our election sure for time is passing eternity is drawing near but we would bless thee that those who are under thy shade, those who dwell in the secret place of the Almighty, are saved now and will be saved when the floods of judgment come forth, when divine wrath will devour the adversaries. Grant, blessed one, that we shall be of this number who are indeed and in truth in Christ Jesus. Lift upon us the light of thy countenance, take away our sins and accept of us in Christ, and thou shalt have the praise. Amen. <laughs>